Welcome back to another edition of Sports Tech Atlanta Seed Talk. I'm your host, Sterling Mack. Joined on the other end by Taylor Mack. Uh, we're super excited today. Uh, we have a special guest with us. Uh, we have Trung Tran, who's the CEO and co-founder of Amplio. Uh, Amplio was created to help organizations teach their employees what it means to be ready, get ready, and stay ready. Loving the mantra of, can you get yourself mentally ready and prepared. Uh, Trung, thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, this is going to be an exciting talk. You know, I, I really think there's a good intersection between performance and sports and kind of leading the way that way. So, um, you know, we're, we're excited to talk to you guys. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's crazy. We A lot of people, I don't think, talk about um, what the mental side is, right, uh, of peak performance, right? Um, and, and kind of what that means. Uh, can you kind of detail maybe how this, uh, kind of came together, right? As you were kind of thinking through some of the physical and the mental and, and how you looked at, and how you look at performance. Um, yeah, last, last summer we worked with a couple of major league baseball players and we worked with them throughout the entire season. And the question that for us is how do I get up for every game? Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we see that a lot when you look at coaching and you look at, um, how kids have developed in sports, right? It's all about skills. We're going to teach you the skills, right? We're going to coach you the skills. We're going to teach you how to do that. And then, you know, you get the rare instances, you know, like with Michael Jordan and uh, Dean uh, Kane over at uh, UNC. Um, no, Dean Smith. I'm sorry. Dean Kane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dean Smith over at, US, at UNC. You know, teach him to be a man. Teach him how to, like, approach problems, how to uh, think through what a teammate and teaming does. That really elevated him, right, from a guy who can just shoot a ball to a guy who can play basketball. Right. And uh, and that really comes down to, you know, do you always have the opportunity? Does everyone have the opportunity to go work with somebody that helps you kind of approach your problems? Because I see, you know, especially with the pandemic and everything going on, you know, stress is, is abundant. You know, I mean, if anything, the pandemic taught us the world's just crazy. Things just right. happen. Right. You know, kind of thing. And you don't have any control. And it's affected a lot of people, I think, a lot of anger out there because of it. And when you look at stress, and people say, oh, I'm going to manage my stress. Oh, I have it handled. I'm okay with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't realize stress is kind of the gateway to other mental health problems, right? Like if you can't associate and deal with your world, right, and the things happening to you, you feel like either you're disempowered, depression, anxiety, right? Or you feel like you need to escape any kind of addiction, whether it's drugs or alcohol or anything like that. Mm-hmm. All that finally comes from the fact that you want to get away from your life. You want mm-hmm. to get away from the stress. And so the question is, you know, we don't, as a society, ever get taught how to deal with stress. I mean, when I was younger, and maybe people are a little more more aware today, but, you know, I was just told to suck it up, right? It's like, walk it off. You know, you know you're a man. You know, you're supposed to take care of things. And if more things come at you, it's just to show how good you are. Mm-hmm. You can have more things to show how good you are. But um, one of our, our colleagues, um, Michael Platt over at University of, of uh, Pennsylvania, uh, He's in charge of the neuroscience initiative there. Uh, he said, you know, Trung, we evolved as hunter-gatherers, right? And as hunter-gatherers, you know, the way we deal with stress is the lion comes after you, but eventually the lion quits. Either the lion eats you, right, or you got away. But the lion's not going to chase you forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem with modern-day society, and again, talking about stress, is that the lion never leaves. You know, if you don't want to deal with a problem, it's still going to be there. It's still going to be on your mind. It's still going to stress you out. And by the way, that line is bringing guests. It's bringing yep. friends, right? And so when you look at like a 162-game season with sports and stuff like that, where, you know, it builds up. 
know, especially if you're successful, you know, if, if the team's on hot run and there's a lot of pressure not to screw it up, right? You don't want to be the guy right? right? that causes, you know, losing streak to occur. There's a lot of pressure from your family. There's pressure from the the, the, the sports commentators who are saying all sorts of garbage about you, right? And, you know, where do we teach anyone how to deal with that? How do we teach people to, you know, really figure out how to take care of themselves and really understand when they're stressed? Because a lot of times that happens is that, you know, you get so caught up in what you're doing you don't realize the method toll is taking on you because mm-hmm. you're here for an objective. You're trying to you know, win a game. You're trying to win the pennant. You're trying to you know, get a gold medal and you're caught up in that mission and you don't realize the impact that that stuff has on you and, and the injury it has on you. You feel it when you're physically there, like when you hurt your body and you know when to, to recover and relax and take some time off, but you don't know how to do it mentally. So the, the three things that we always advocate is that first, know when you're under stress. Mm-hmm. Know what your body and your mind feels like when you're under stress. Two, figure out ways to cope with it in a moment, right? And uh, and that means, you know, if I'm in a meeting and, you know, the kid, my kids, the school calls, right? You know, I can't just freak out in the meeting. <laughs> I have to figure out how to calm myself down, put the phone down, finish the meeting, and then call back, right? Right. Kind of a little bit um, of compartmentalizing. Yeah, yeah. Just, on. you know, just being able to deal. And like going back to the sports, right? You, you 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 know you just heard some bad news maybe you know or, or good news and your wife had a, a kid right how do you compartmentalize that when you're about to you know you're walking into the seventh inning right right and you're going to hit the ball and um so how do you kind of deal with that in the moment and then the third thing we do is how you deal with it long term the 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 idea is that if if stress is a bucket right mm-hmm. and you keep pouring stress into pouring water into it right one of two things happens either it overflows right and you 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 yell at somebody, you have an outburst, you do something, you know, stupid or, or something that's not you. Right. Um, I mean, I look at, you know, the Will Smith, they said that he was under a lot of some kind of pressure. I don't know what's wrong going on in his life. He, he was under a lot of stress. That, that's <laughs> that's, that's stress. what that slap was. That was yeah. not Chris Rock. <laughs> it wasn't Chris Rock. I mean, you saw he was how emotional it was. He was doing a lot. Right. And a little bit more over that bucket and, you know, water overflows. And that's not, you know, that's not Will Smith. Will Smith's not the type of people that smacks people around for making fun of something, right? And but that's what happens when you're overwhelmed, right? That's what happens when your stress bucket overflows, right? And a lot of us don't even know how big our bucket is and how close we are to overflowing, right? And then the two things you want to do: the coping strategies give you kind of a spigot mm-hmm. to um, kind of release some of the pressure, just at that moment, right? Kind of thing, so mm-hmm. you don't over, over get overwhelmed. And then we want to increase the size of your bucket. We call it mental resiliency. You know, having you kind of teach your skills how to deal with problems as they come right. right and accept the fact that you know not everything's gonna work out your way right, right? Then, but are you still committed to do what you want to do yeah we have a challenge you know you can either back down for the challenge right get mad that you know you're having problems right or you say okay i can't control i can't control the fact there's a pandemic right. you know I, I have nothing to do with that um and so you know i have to accept that but how does that affect me and what i'm trying to do can i right. still commit to working towards what I want to work towards, right? And so that's kind of three ways we want to approach it. Um, and we think really, you know, how you deal with everything coming at you in, in society with Twitter and everything else going so fast at you, right? Right. How you deal with all that and um, and still perform. So so let me ask, um, I, lo- I love how the inception of this came about and, and basically you're dealing with something that's so under underlying, but also has been kind of stigmatized in the past, but now brought to the forefront in a positive manner um, as everybody is addressing the issue when it comes to the mental, mental health and mental well-being. So for the 
application itself. So how does the device work? So you have a wearable, then you also attract within your within your phone or, um, you know, if you have the Apple on your PDA or whatever you want to say, whatever sure. you know, um, device. So how does how does that go about to be able to then make, you know, and develop, as you guys like to say, your 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 digital twin, your second yeah. you? Well, the digital twin is the concept that we want to give a mirror to people. Mm -hmm. I am uh, Andy Walsh, one of our advisors. He uh, he's been training high performance uh, athletes for over 20 years. Ran Red Bull's uh, uh, performance center, right? Mm -hmm. uh, in invented the U.S. Ski Team's Olymp uh, performance center, Olympic Team's performance group. He said, you know, athletes generally, if you put a mirror in front of their face and objectively tell them what's wrong, they'll try to improve. And we think that's true of everybody. If I can understand what's wrong, they're not in denial. I don't want to hide the fact, you know, but I'm looking at it like, oh my gosh, this is just what's wrong with me. I need to deal with it. And that's really what the digital twin is. What people don't understand is that, you know, there's feelings, you know, you saw the in and out thing that Disney did with the little, little characters with different emotions and stuff like that. Right. Okay. Feelings aren't, uh, they're fleeting. They're not real. Emotions are. And the reason why you know that is that emotions have physical impacts, mm -hmm. right? Like when you're angry and you're, 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 you're ticked off, you know, you know, Again, going to Will Smith thing, not to, to beat up on him, uh, but you saw his face is red, his, his fists were clenched, you know, he was sweating. You know, those are the physical impacts you see when you're angry. Right. Same thing when you're depressed, you know, your 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 heart rate slows down, you you start, you know, uh, losing body temperature and stuff like that, right? And so what I, I feel, and, 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 and we talked to a lot of people, not a lot of people are aware of their body and what's right. happening to it, right? You know, people aren't aware they're getting angry. They're just like, I'm going to ignore that guy, right? But you're ticked, right? Right. And then you get in your car and then you have road rage, right? Kind of thing. You know, so you know, it's it's a question of measuring your body. We have psychometrics in our app. So we actually try to understand, help you understand how you're feeling in the moment, mm -hmm. right? And our AI, the digital twin, learns what the different states are based upon your particular body representation. Mm -hmm. Everyone reacts to things a little differently. So we don't have like a one size fits all say, hey, everyone, everyone's angry and gets really mad and their their blood, their high uh, their blood pressure or their heart rate goes up like to 200 or 300 right kind of thing mm -hmm. um we want to make sure that we associate the data we collect on the body with the emotion right and we want you to understand and and actually understand how oh, oh, my heart rate's running right right you know I, i'm something's going on i'm, I'm not like you know, i'm not normal right and mm -hmm. that's a lot of what we talk about being self-aware of being self-aware under stress is that you know we take all these biometrics so if you don't think you're under stress you think you're handling it and everything's fine mm -hmm. we're trying to show you hey Based on your past history, your your baseline, and who you are today, this number, um, this digital twin showing you the numbers are higher. Uh, when this is the same numbers you have when you're about to go hit somebody, right? Right. You know? Right. And uh, and so we're going to we we haven't done it yet, but we're going to have like a, a haptic feedback system where we're going to vibrate your phone. Oh, right? nice. Okay. And then say, you know, hey, you reached the threshold. This is what you said. You know, you you your body looks like when you're angry. Make sure you're aware of it too, and then. Now that you know you have a problem, you can address it, right? That's really yeah. what the twins about. Can I actually represent you and how you yeah. feel, so that you have an idea how uh, what's wrong, right? So was was that development of that AI? Um, is there an incorporation of machine learning as well with this as you kind of progress with? Um, I guess I don't know changing standards standards or metrics within the body, but was that a, was that a difficult algorithm to to develop or pretty simple? It's it's pretty it's it's a um, probabilistic algorithm, so. It's, what we call a third generation AI. When you look at machine learning today, whatever everyone talks about machine learning, it's uh, what we call um, 
rote learning, right? When you have a little baby, you mm-hmm. show lots of images, and the baby understands what a bird is because you you did a lot of match card games with them and show them like this is a bird, right? Mm-hmm. Give bird books and stuff like that. And that's what we do in machine learning today. We we it's all rote learning. The machine either mimics what we do or or just repeats back or regurgitates what we we told it, right? Um, you know, there is some a little bit of reinforcement learning um, where you're trying to learn from experience, right? You know okay. what works doesn't work, uh, and we take that to uh, a a uh, extreme. Um, what I mean by that is when you look at machine learning or you look at you know reinforcement learning, you're optimizing to a single cost function, right? Mm-hmm. You're trying to make something better, right? You know how closely does this match a bird? You know right. how closely does this make me win a game, right? Um, the the question then becomes, you know. I always comment that, you know, Skynet, right? Um, <laughs> or the single cost optimization function, right? You know, Which still scares me every time we keep working with AI and ML. It's, I am terrified of Skynet. And doesn't seem, I'm glad it's on your horizon trunk because yeah. it's not on a lot of other people's. Well, thing, we need to get away from these single optimization functions, right? Because <laughs> just like a human being, if you're single-minded, right? right. And mm-hmm. you don't care about anything else. There's no secondary goals or tertiary goals or any mitigating you know, requirements or anything like that. And you're just going to barrel through life to, to become a millionaire, right? You're going to leave a lot of damage, mm-hmm. right? You're going to hurt a lot of people. And um, and that's the same thing. You know, we 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 look at, you know, Skynet and all that stuff. We, we, you know, it's if you're super focused on one goal, that's not right. Um, and so what we do with the digital twin is, is a probabilistic algorithm where we say, okay, we want to give you different courses of action, mm-hmm. right? And we want to suggest the one, and that's the interventions we talk about in a second. Um, we're going to recommend to you, this intervention is the one that improves your numbers the most, right? That reduces your stress the most. And that's what we're going to recommend to you. And we're going to give you a couple of choices, right? We're not saying this is the absolute one answer and it's the truth and this is the way you have to do it. Here's some choices. And we try to incorporate your preferences and your willingness to do something, mm-hmm. right? Because we know that if I told you to do something, just because you're a human being, healer, you're going to say, F you, right? I'm not going to do it. You're just, just uh, losing. You know, go do this, right? Um, I'm sorry. You're probably nicer than that. But I'm just nope, saying, no, no, that is exactly how I, I was. You told me to run right. I would run left. That's exactly what I would do. And that's the thing, you know, so we want to give you options. And and we think, you know, reason why we do that, and then we do this probabilistic algorithm. So we look at the probability or the maximum likelihood something's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? What's the maximum likelihood that a, a meditation will calm you down? Like meditation would speed me up. I'm a little bit ADHD. Mm-hmm. You can tell about fast I talk, right? <laughs> and, and from a standpoint of that, if you had me sit down for five minutes, my eyes closed, trying to calm down, that's going to be the opposite effect, right? right. I'll start right. twitching, right? You know, honestly. And so that's the question, you know, is, is you know, if meditation doesn't work for me, then the probability of it actually working for me is going to be low. And I'm not going to recommend that to you, right? right? But we want to give you different recommendations because we want the human being to be in charge. Now, too much of AI machine learning today is the AI is in charge. Mm-hmm. It's telling the Uber driver where to go. It's telling you know, um, you know, you know how to market to you in Facebook or what things you you get to see. You don't have an input, right? right? Um, and I think that's wrong. I think that technology, through the course of the last two thousand years, has been focused on making us physically better, hammering nails, wheels, flying stuff like that. We are at a time in our evolution as humanity of, of people that we actually can use technology to help us think better right help us make better decisions right and that's kind of folks who are trying to do here it's like 
we want you to make better decisions on mental health. Our AI can be used in a couple of different places, mm-hmm. but we want you to make decisions on better ways of handling yourself and control yourself. The self-regulation piece that um, is after the self-awareness, you know, choosing the right uh, coping strategy to deal with the moment. Um, and 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 learning that, right? We want you to have that in your toolbox and be things that you can right away do. And, and you know that's something you like to do, something you can do, right. and that it actually helps, right? Uh, and so otherwise, the most of what, what we do with trying to fix the problem, if you do a lot of trial and error, you right. go on the internet and say, hey, I should go keto, right? Or, hey, I should do this. Or, hey, I should do that. I do a lemon cleanse. But you have no idea if that worked for you, right? And, and what we can tell you is, well, we're monitoring you 24-7. We know what your biometrics are, Right. We know how you're reacting to different things. So is it helping you? Yes or no? It's a simple numbers question, right? It's not a you know, subjective question. And so right. we can give you some recommendations that help you kind of cope with that. And that's really kind of our idea of AI. This is why we call it third generation AI. Oh, okay. AI that helps you understand your world and make good decisions, right? Understand yourself in this case, mental health, right? right. And make the decision how to deal with it. I think that's where AI needs to go. AI needs to be more of a partner for us to help us perform better. Right. And Instead not a taskmaster. That's telling us what to do, right? Right. Yeah. You know? I love that. Love that. Yeah. With I want to go back to um, you all tracking and working with the baseball team, if I could. Sure. What were some of those um, data points and, and some of those feedbacks that you had uh, based off of that or based off of uh, your findings? Yeah, we, we did uh, a fair amount of cognitive testing. Uh, we did uh, a lot of sleep patterns and looking at, you know, when they take a sleep, when they're not. Like one interesting thing when the players, you know, is that, if he was anxious about the game before, he didn't sleep well, and then he didn't perform well the next day, right? So just looking at his sleep pattern the day before, you know, we can suggest to them, hey, you know, you may need to take, you know, take a nap, you know, get yourself calmed down, right? Um, you're, you're too anxious, you're, you're too worried about this game, or, you know, this is, you know, is happening to you. And, and we also found out, like, things that, uh, you know, were influencing them from the past, things that they haven't let go of, right? Um, another player, you know, uh, you know had a... Uh, had some issues with, you know, his parents, you know, and, and performance and needing to perform all the time. Right. And so it was always a pressure on him to be perfect. And it's very hard. Right. Even though, you know, when you look at his adaptability and his ability to kind of learn a new position, and kind of adapt and grow. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's amazing. Right. He, you know, switch positions in the field. He does that new position very, very well. Right. Um, but he still feels guilty about the fact that he wasn't that, you know, the original position he was supposed to be in. Right. I'm a little bit vague because I'm not allowed to actually say their names and stuff like that, but yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> kind of those kind of things. So, you know, you, you, uh, you know, you, you really get an understanding of what motivates people. Right. Right. And, and that's the thing that, like, you know, I can give you a test Sterling today. Right. And I can tell you, hey, this is what Sterling looks like today. Right. Uh, and that happens a lot of times in suicide cases. You go into the hospital, you know, you're in your manic phase, right. A manic depressive thing. And Hey, I'm fine. You know, life's good. Blah, blah, blah. Next day, you go shoot yourself, right? Kind of thing. And mm-hmm. that's what people don't understand that emotions are cyclical. Mm-hmm. Everything by cyclical. You look at diabetes, your blood sugar is high because you eat a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Blood sugar is low, you don't eat, right? And your body doesn't go like always one level, right? And for some reason, we believe emotions should be always happy. They're always content. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you know, we go up and down. It's a cyclical process, right? Sometimes you're happy. Sometimes you're sad, you know? Mm-hmm. And and the question really, you know, it goes back to the, the players and stuff like that. You know, how do we get them to understand those patterns? What's influencing them when they, they sleep? How's you know, travel influence that too? You know, and try to really structure their, their world so that they can deal with those kind of things. So they know and can anticipate what's going to happen. And, you know, we think it helped, right? Uh, uh, 
certainly one of them, you know, was was very successful won an award at the end of the season, right? Mm. Um, but you know, from that standpoint, uh, it's really about getting your mind together, right? Because they were they're physically they're physical specimens, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're if you're a major league baseball player, you're at the 99th percentile, right? Kind of thing of people and physical yeah. shape and stuff like that. And I, I told um, I told one of them like I can't teach you to be a pitcher. You know more about pitching than I ever know about pitching, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know. And so you know, I can look at improving your pitching game, but you have people to do that. We're going to help you be a better you, right? Right. And uh, if you can be a better you, understand what motivates you, what causes you to to do things, and you know, what causes you to perform well and not perform well, you'll do those things. So we're not really focused on. Um, that's the thing that the the players like. We're not focused on making you feel good about yourself. Right, right, because feelings are are transitory, right? Who cares about feelings, right? Right. You know, one day I'm happy, one day I'm sad, blah blah blah, right? Um, we want you to have the tools and the training necessary to be able to deal with things as they come. Right. I don't know, you know, the last two years kind of showed this to us, Sterling, right? And you know, especially you know with the major league baseball players, um, I don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow, man. I'm waiting for the meteorite to hit the earth, you know, the whole thing (laughs) because everything else is going wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Um. And so I, you know, when you look at uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, which is how psychiatrists have dealt with uh, mental health issues before, mm-hmm. it was like a twelve-step program. Here's my twelve-step program to give up alcohol. This is my twelve-step program to not smoke. Well, what if there's something else in between? What if I fall off the wagon? I'm not in the twelve-step anymore. What happens to me, right? You know, uh, and so you know, we're very much in what we call acceptance and commitment therapy, where you know you kind of look at it and say, okay. This is a part of me, right? My parents are a part of me. I'm not going to get rid of that, right? Right. But, you know, I can start thinking mentally, you know, and reframing the messages of the voices in my head, right? To say, hey, you know, good job on what you're doing now, right? Not mm-hmm. focus on my failures and what I did wrong, but focus on, you know, what I did right, right? And that helps a lot in regards to just knowing that he has to do that, right? right. It's not something that, you know, he, you know, it'll just happen. Right. You know, those promises don't go away because you don't think about them, right. Kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, do. And that's really what the baseball players taught us is that, you know, there aren't lying. Everyone has issues. Right. And they don't know what the issues are until they come up. Right. And right. the more they're aware of it, the more they can actually do something about it. Right. Yeah. And right. not just be, you know, caught up in random fate, you know. Yeah. When their bucket gets overflown, that's really kind of what we did. Did I answer your question, Sterling? I don't know. I went off a little bit on a tangent. No, it did. It did. No. It was uh, no, it was good. It it it's so interesting to your point um, of it, because you do uh, and you referenced it earlier, right? Like you know, you you bring so much to the ballpark every day, um, and I wondered to your point how to how do you get peak performance, right? Especially in today's world, it's so different than it was, you know, when Yogi Berra played or Ted Williams, right? There's social media, there's all, there's just differences, right? So I was, it's really cool to see the interaction of what you guys are talking about, of like understanding the emotions, understanding even variables of like sleep, right? And then how that can go affect and what you all are able to action off of. Yeah, we measure heart rate. We measure sleep. We measure uh, body temp, SpO2, your breathing rate, right? So sometimes you hyperventilate when you're, you know, you're anxious and stuff like that. So it goes back to the emotions we talked about. Um, and so we're looking at all those biorhythms and say, you know, you know, this is what it is. You know, if you're not sleeping well, you know, that's one of the things. You know, there's a lot of apps to help you sleep. Mm-hmm. We talk about like you know, shutting off the blue screen, you know, right. wearing you know, mask or something, like, or having like bird sounds in the background, right? Mm-hmm. But all you're trying to do is, is fool your brain. Right. Right. Yeah. If you're your reason why you're not sleeping is because you're worried about something. Yeah. Right. Something in your head 
you know, other than the fact that, you know, as you get older, you have to kind of use the bathroom more often. That's why you're not sleeping, <laughs> right? <laughs> because there's something wrong, right? And let me tell you, there's nothing worse than when you're about to go to sleep and you randomly remember that that moment from 10 years ago that was yeah. embarrassing. And now you're now you're in a cold sweat. You're up. Your mind is racing. You're like, well, now, now, now what do I do? I can't go back to change that. Right. And, <laughs> and that's thing we dwell on that a lot, right? And that's yeah. what causes us not to sleep. I mean, we dwell on the problems of the day, which, you know. Um, you know, and so that's the that's the question. So is you gotta you know look at the the the, the entire mind body thing because we also do psychometrics. We want you to express how you're feeling, right? Yeah. And be honest. Yeah. One of the things that we really preach is that you own your data. We don't actually share with anybody. I don't know if anyone cares. You know, where Sterling's having a good day or not, right? Uh, right. right. Sterling, sorry, but, you know, <laughs> no, I don't need to people... market at anybody, right? Um, yeah. But the so it's all private. It's all HIPAA. Um, it's all you. But and so we hope you're honest with yourself. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, and that you kind of learn um, more and more how you feel and how you react to things. Uh, for example, you know, going away from the baseball thing, you know, we were working with some military guys and mm -hmm. uh, one of the guys was an operations officer. Right. So mm -hmm. he ran the ops floor, a lot of things going on. And he would come home and he, uh, every day. And uh, he said, you know, I would start yelling at my kids because mm -hmm. I would still be thinking about what I was doing at work. Right. I wasn't home dad. I was work dad, right? And he said it took like you know him going to marriage therapy and a bunch of things to learn that he has to spend fifteen minutes, right, in his car before he goes in the house, so he can become dad, right, as opposed to ops officer A, B, or C. And yeah. I, I'm like, you know, it's it's a terrible thing that you have to actually go through potentially a divorce to actually learn that about yourself, right? Right. To learn that you're stressed, that you're, you're at the point, you know where your kid crying is going to tick you off, right, right. kind of thing, and push you over the edge. You know, and, and that's the thing that we really are working on, right, is that, yeah. you know, can you really understand that, and can you do something about it, right? Yeah, and I love that the, the, you've, you've talked about, you know, the expertise and what you all have developed, and when you look at what your team is, you have, you know, all, you know a team a team of doctors, in part for your for your partnerships, um, and you also, I mean, and, and a CEO when it comes to your, to the nutrition side of things, so how was it to put this team together and then and then put you know that collective knowledge into this app so that you can get those recommendations pumped out what was the process with all that to come together and then put the to put the process in work sure. in motion one of the things that i think you know again when i uh, when talking about starting a company and doing that stuff is that you know as a technology guy actually recently you know um, i learned that no one cares about ai Right. Um, <laughs> you, know, you like it from a sexy term and an investment term, but yeah. you don't go to Netflix for the AI. Yeah. The AI, right? You don't don't tell Common this, by the way, if you've seen the uh, Microsoft commercials. <laughs> AI is the future. AI can do this. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, people go to things to do something, yeah. get some value of it, not to admire the AI, how fancy it is. Right. Um, and so, you know, from my standpoint, that's something I learned uh, recently and, and made me a little bit sad, but. The reality is, is we're trying to help people and solve a problem, right? And if we're going to solve a problem for for people, right, it can't just be technologists, right? It can't just be people that know how the bits and bytes work and write, write code, right? You have to be psychologists. It has to be the people that know neuroscience in the body and how it works. It has to be people who work with performance in the past, mm -hmm. right? People that understand nutrition, how the body works, and how it all works together. And so, you know, one of the things that um, – I, I I learned a long time ago when I was in Silicon Valley is that if you get a good cross-functional team together, right? Uh, Intel called it building rainbows. But people from like different you know, perspectives, different kind of things together. That's, that's right. the diversity I think is uh, 
is 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 super important in the world, mm-hmm. right? Is don't get a bunch of people that just say the same thing and agree on the same thing, right? Yep. We have way too much of that today, right? <laughs> you want to yeah. deal with diverse opinions that can add to the problem and add right. to the solution, right? And say, hey, and that's why I say, you know, I don't have 20 years of neuroscience experience like Michael Black, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have like 25 years of nutrition experience like Chris Talley. I could try to get that, but then I'd be really old and dead by the time I could do anything, right? <laughs> right. So, you know, why, why don't you like, why don't I get the people together uh, yeah. convince them that you know we're here on a mission we're here to make people better we're here to scale people um and once you, you know you approach people with the idea it's like i need you to make my product better it doesn't get anyone on board right you know i need you to help me help people get better right to perform better to be better themselves and and that inspires them to kind of think of new ways and new approaches to do that right because um you know, you want that kind of interaction. You want that brainstorming, you know, mm-hmm. among a bunch of people with a lot of different opinions, a lot of different backgrounds, a lot of different knowledge, right? Uh, that's what, you know, people talk about being the dumbest person in the room is that, you know, you want people in the room that are experts in different areas because mm-hmm. you can't be the expert in everything, right? right? You know, unless you're God, right? You know, you're not, not going to know right. everything you're right. everywhere, right? Um, and so that's, that's really what inspired me to do that. And like I said, I went out and Andy was a big help with that. He has a big, a big performance meeting every year called Glimpses, okay. where a lot of performance experts around the country came in, and uh, we kind of networked together, and we built this team up based on that. Okay. Yes. I want to uh, <laughs> expand on that, just like being being a CEO, right? You were uh, – I want to thank you. You were part of the Air, like our U.S. Air Force, going to going to the academy and everything. You're going through the academy, I should say. And uh, how did you or, – or do you take anything – uh, from those days and, and then kind of apply that to being a CEO and, and really kind of leading a charge here with a new company? Well, I think it goes back to what I said earlier. You know, it's like, I, you know, you can be successful in your career and stuff like that. And you think it's all about you or you think it's about all the people that you built around you, the team you have. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it's always about the team. Um, we talked a little bit earlier with Taylor about the HP way and stuff like that. It's like you have to the people kind of working together. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps you be better. And, and, you know, it's one of the things that I learned in the Air Force is that what's interesting is that if you feel like you're alone, you're the only guy, right? And you're carrying the burden of the world and you're responsible for whether the world is successful or not, right? That's a lot of pressure on you. And that's where you get burnt out, you know? But if you're part of a team and you have a group of people um, that work with you on the same mission, trying to you know, save the country, trying to protect things, and, you know, you're not the only person standing between, you know, America and Russia, right? Right. And it's not all in your head that you actually can distribute the load and work with other people. That was the biggest thing I learned in the Air Force is that, you know, I don't have to be the guy. I don't have to be the hero, right? Right. Um, I just got to make sure that, you know, I kind of get a team together that, that can support me, that we can all work together. And it's amazing how much pressure and stress that relieves from you, right? Because you don't have to be the guy. It's like, look at Michael Jordan, you know, if I was the guy that has to win every game, that kind of sucks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. If I had like LeBron James did, a couple of people around me that I can rely on, right? It makes it much easier to do my job, right? Because it's not all on me. And that's really what I learned from the Air Force. Um, well, we're at the we're at the thirty minute mark. What give uh give us or give kind of the the listeners here? Um, what's what's like the big takeaway for those that want to are thinking about? need you know getting something for you know their employees uh they're looking at you know different prospects um uh, what what is something that amplio is really going to do for them that they can implement in- incredibly quick and obviously help help their employees to stay fresh and stay ready 
Yeah, I mean, when you look at you know wellness programs today, and there's a lot of things that tell you how to do stress, right? And stress relief. It's it's there's no feedback, and it's just best principles. Mm-hmm. You're the best principles for stress relief, right? And you know, uh, there's a study out to say that less than five percent of people actually use wellness programs. You know, eighty two percent of people think that it doesn't fit their needs. And so, if you really want to help your employees, and and what I tell uh, companies all the time is that the people who are burnt out are the guys working till midnight at your company that are committed to what you're doing, right? Committed to put it all in, right? So they're your best employees. If you're going to watch them burn out like a candle, right? And then say, oh, well, you know, I'm going to use as much as I can today, right? You lose a lot of your, your knowledge. You lose a lot of your talent. And in a world where people are really the asset, when you look at knowledge economy, you know, engineers, you look at, you know, software programs, you look at lawyers, you know, they are the product, right? right. Uh, and so... If you're just going to burn through people and you only keep the people that, you know, may not care that whole lot, right? Because they're, they're going home at four o'clock, right? Um, you know, you're not going to get the productivity you want in your company. And that's that's the reason why you care. You got to stop people getting burned out. You got to get the most out of people, but make it a way that they can enjoy life, feel like they're getting value and adding value, right? And that's hard to do with a bunch of PowerPoint slides and, uh, and yeah. best principles and stress. Yeah, it definitely is. I. I was just gonna say I am guilty of not joining the wellness <laughs> the wellness <laughs> program for uh, for our company. Actually, at every company I've been at, yeah. they pumped it out. It looks good. I you know I kind of do my own thing, but I I need to join and uh, and, and get in yeah. with uh, a lot of the initiatives that they do. I just never done it. I haven't done it yet. And, it, and it's a great point to your point. I mean, our, our you know the last two years has changed the way that we uh, that we work, the way that we interact, the way that we do all those things. So. You know, a lot of people found it hard to shut off, right? Your computer is always by you if you're if you're working from home. Like, you know, finding different ways, uh, to your point, to 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 get away mentally from work, even when you're really not getting away, right? Even when when your work is still kind of there. So, uh, I think it's great. It's it's a, a really cool cool, uh, uh, you know, platform and, and analytics and everything that you're doing here. So, again, uh, go out there, check out Amplio. Uh, and check out what Trung and his team are creating. Uh, Trung, thanks so much for being here, and thanks Thank uh, thanks for taking the time to chat with us. No problem. Thank you, Sterling. I appreciate it. Cool. Uh, and we will see you on the next edition of Sports Tech Atlanta's uh, Seed Talk. Continue to rate, subscribe, uh, and we'll see you uh, next week.